Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this beautiful day. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors. And if this is your first time here, we are blessed to have you with us. And we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. If you're joining us online, uh, each week we got people on the East Coast, West Coast, and right now Gulf Coast watching us and uh, everywhere in between, wherever you may be. Uh, welcome to you. And uh, we pray that you have a blessing somewhere in today's service as well. After uh, this service, we have a new membership class for those who have been coming for a while. And if you'd like to consider this your church home, uh, at 1230, we have some pizza in the Family Life Center. It's just right outside this alley and in the next building over, uh, where we could learn a little bit about you. You can learn a little bit about us, and we could figure out how to be the church together. Uh, yeah, check out the bulletin. See if there's anything that in here that, that strikes you. Parents' Night Out is, is this Friday. Um, it's not in here, but I believe the United Women of Faith have a, a speaker and a lunch on, on Saturday. Uh, find out more about that if, if that kind of thing strikes your fancy. Today is Communion Sunday. All are welcome at this table, even those watching from home. So uh, get your elements ready for later on in the service, and we will bless them through the, uh, through the interwebs here. Uh, word of warning for you guys. Next week, next Sunday, is Mother's Day. This is your, this is your warning. Uh, it's on Sunday this year, second Sunday the, of, the, of the month. Uh, we're going to pass out carnations to our moms and grandmothers here at, here at the church. And, and we won't be alone. Uh, every Sunday, uh, the Worldwide Methodist Church, uh, we have a community, what's it called? United Methodist Committee on Communications. They highlight a church that has online worship. And then they, uh, they, they, they put that link out, and people across the world, uh, wherever they may be, if they don't have a Methodist church close to them, uh, they look online here. They're going to highlight us next week. Uh, so we are going to be broadcast around the globe. Um, we are blessed with a tech team that makes that possible. A few months back, uh, we were putting together the teaching and the preaching schedule, and Pastor Jen is on for next week. So millions and millions and millions and millions of people... We'll be watching you. No pressure at all. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for whatever, whatever they have planned for us today. It'll be great. Let's greet those around us.
someone's excited, please be seated. Someone's excited about children's time. Come on up. If you're like fifth grade and below, this is your time in worship. We invite you to come on down. Here he comes. I like the green shoes. Pretty cool. Good to see you, Miss Elsa. They have eyeballs on them. Do they have eyeballs? They do have eyeballs on them. Alligator shoes. That's pretty cool. Good morning. Come on down. Beautiful red dress. Good to see you. See you guys. Hi. Come on down. I'll even get closer to you guys. One more step. If I go down one more, I won't get up. I'll be stuck here. Good to see you. A friend of mine gave me a box with a gift inside. And I'm scared. There could be anything in here. They could have put a snake in here. You think they put a snake in here? I don't hear a snake. (gasps) They could have given me socks. What kind of present is socks? My my son's going to find out today when he opens up his birthday presents how much fun socks are. Yeah. There could be... This person could have gave me an egg. I don't know. What's a good way to find out what's in this? I could open it. I'm scared to open it. Maybe if I just feel inside. Do you think that, that would tell me a little bit? Maybe, maybe. I don't want to look yet. Here. Can you feel inside for me? Tell me tell me what it feels like. Don't look. What's it feel like? It feels soft? Does it feel soft? Would you like to try? Is it soft? Alright. Is it Oh, you know what it is! It's a bunny! Could you hold it up for people to see? It's a bunny. Yeah. Well, I was worried because this person gave me I didn't know what it was. But as I think about it. All the gifts that this person has ever given me have been good gifts. Gifts of, of that, that are, are loving and gifts that are kind. I probably shouldn't have doubted. In today's story that the, the adults are going to get today, they're going to hear a story about Thomas. And Thomas was not there after Easter to know about the resurrection. But all the other disciples did. And Thomas says, I'm not going to believe until I can touch it. Until I can feel him until I can see him. The next week, Jesus showed up to Thomas and said, Thomas, touch my hands, touch my side. Look at me. I'm here. I'm alive. Believe. Thomas should have known. Jesus doesn't lie. He's always kind. He always does what he says he's going to do. And I just pray. Pray for us today that we can follow Jesus and know that he'll do what he says he's going to do, that he'll be with us for the end of our days. Can you pray with me today? Heavenly God, we ask your blessings upon these little ones, (laughs) that as they grow in love and silliness and and great things together, that that they know that they are truly loved by you, by this congregation, by their family. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming down. And you could hold on to that bunny. Either way, you can go either way.
Good morning, church. This is a time of our service where we come together in an attitude of prayer. And I was just wondering, what are the prayers of our church family this morning? Do you have any prayer requests or concerns that you would like to share aloud with your neighbor? This is a time of our service where we share them aloud, and then I will lead us into our pastoral prayer and the Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray that we may feel your presence and be transformed by your love. Create in us a desire to be patient and kind and not envy, but be content and thankful for the simple gifts in our lives. Lord, we pray that we may be compassionate and filled with a desire to serve with a Christ-like humility that is not self-seeking, but is concerned for the well-being of our neighbors. Help us, Lord, to let go of anger and learn to forgive when we feel wronged. And God, we believe, but help us with our unbelief. During times of uncertainty, fear, and doubt, May your truth be revealed to us so that we may discover freedom and be transformed for your glory, knowing and having faith that your love never fails. It perseveres. And in you, Lord, we place our hope and our trust. And so today, Lord, we come together to worship and praise you, Lord. And we pray as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next congregational song, Come As You Are. So let's stand as we are and sing together. Sorrow, 
today is from the book of John, uh, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may be believe that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. May God bless the reading of his word. As we look at the disciples, we discover that they all had a distinct personality different from each other. Whether or not that was the case, those who wrote the Gospels certainly made sure that we knew who they were, what they stood for, personality, characteristic traits. Peter was strong-headed. Judas, always, always the traitorous one. John, full of love. Andrew, the usher, always bringing people to Christ. Mary, a faithful companion, an equal in her own right. Each disciple and each follower had, had, had their niche. It's not that they were only those things, but it's kind of what we remember about them. I, I remember a phone call from my, from my father many years ago, which was, it was out of the blue and strange because he never called. Uh, and so after, after a few minutes, I just asked, why, why the phone call? And he, and he said that he talked to my other siblings during the day, and he just thought, you know what? I, I want to finish the day off by, by talking to the sane one. Ooh. My ego got a little boost. I, I, I couldn't walk through the door to tell my wife because my head wouldn't fit through the door. Like, oh, uh. Uh, sane one. And he says, yeah, yeah, I, I talked to your sister, the responsible one, your youngest brother, the brave one, and Dan, the, the fun one. Well, I was the sane one. Aren't, aren't I responsible? Aren't, aren't I brave? Aren't, are you saying I'm no fun? And he said, that's just, just how, that's just how I label you. I was just giving the, the, the characteristic that was the most boring out of all of them. But we have this in the Gospels. 
We remember the disciples for one or two events and personality traits. person I want to take a look at this morning is Thomas. Thomas is forever known as the doubter in his role in the Easter story. We really don't know much about Thomas, how he got to be a disciple, where he met Jesus. Many of the disciples were fishermen, but Thomas is never labeled in that, in that group. The narr- narrative never shares where he came from or how he, how he came to be in the, in the twelve. He was also called Didymus, uh, which means uh, Greek for twin. Thomas means twin in Hebrew. A twin to whom we are not sure. But it was right after this Easter episode that he gets the most press. It was on Sunday after the crucifixion. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb where they had laid Jesus. A couple of days before, the stone had been rolled away. She ran to tell Peter and the others. Now in Luke's account, Mary wasn't alone. Uh, the women went together with the spices and they ran into two angels and they saw Jesus along the way back. To share the news, uh, in, in that gospel, Peter, Peter and another disciple ran to the tomb and they found it empty and were, were confused. That night, the disciples were all together except for Thomas. Maybe he was hanging out with his twin. We don't know where he was. But Jesus appeared. Peace be with you. Which is a really nice thing for a ghost to say when, you, when they show up, right? Peace be with you. It would, ah, here I am. No, peace be with, peace. Peace And he showed him his hands, and he showed him the side, the side where the spear pierced through, if you know the crucifixion story. The disciples were overjoyed that they saw the Lord. And I could just imagine for the whole week, they told Thomas what had happened. Thomas wouldn't budge. I don't know if I would either. Because when you think about it, Mary didn't believe until an angel told her so. Peter didn't believe. He ran to go take a look. And even afterwards, he was confused. All these disciples, they had the advantage. But Thomas still had no proof for himself. Proof that the others had received. The others had doubted just the same. But Thomas is our scapegoat for the doubt of the disciples. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, unless I see where the spear pierced his side, I will not believe it. It's actually kind of a morbid request, isn't it? Wait, can I put my finger in, the, in your wounds? Can I play with the flesh? And you're just like, ah, it's not, not for me. I would just rather just look and, and see. But we, we all have our different rules about how we believe, right? A while back, my wife, Stephanie, opened up the fridge, got the milk out. Oh, this smells horrible. And what did I do? Yeah, here, let me take a look. As if I have a, more insight into milk than she does. I, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. Growing up, I discovered what an electric fence was. I saw my brother grab it. Zap him. I don't believe you. Why couldn't I just believe? Thomas was like that. Unless he had proof, he wouldn't believe that Jesus had come back. A scientist can tell you that the, that the universe goes 8 billion uh, light years that way and, and 45 billion light years this way, and we would believe them. But if someone said, 
This here has wet paint. What do we do? We just have to check. We just have to check, don't we? A week after Easter, the disciples were together again. Jesus reappeared. Peace be with you. And he went to Thomas and told him, put your finger here. See my hands. Put your hand in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And from that point on, Thomas was a believer. See, we have this image of Thomas as a, as a pessimistic kind of skeptic who, who dragged his feet and refused to see the truth. So I wondered, is Thomas like that in, in the other gospel stories? You know, before, before the whole Easter crucifixion story. What, does he have any press in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John before, before these stories? There's the story, he, he shows up in the story of Lazarus. Maybe you know the story, uh, the person that Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus and the disciples were in another part of the country, having flown the area where, where Lazarus lived because of the hostilities they faced. See, with the area where Lazarus lived, uh, Jesus and company uh, were, getting, were getting threats. Like, we're going to stone you if you don't leave. They left. They went to another part of the country, but then they heard that Lazarus was dying. Do we go back or do we stay? After a couple days, Jesus said they were going back to the country they had just fled. And all of the disciples were against this, except for Thomas. And Thomas says, and this is a quote from John, let us go also that we may die like him. He was remembering the rocks. Rocks hurt. He is a man of unwavering faith and courage. At the Last Supper, he gets another, another little tidbit. Uh, Jesus mentioned in the long discourse about, I am going to the Father, I am, you know, the whole uh, what heaven kind of looks like bit. At the Last Supper, Jesus mentioned that they will know the way to the place where I am going. And in the back, Thomas raises his hand and says, Lord, we have no idea where you're going or what you're talking about. The more I read of Thomas, the more I understood that he was the one that verbalized what everybody else was thinking. Jesus said, let's go back to Jerusalem. And Thomas says, we're walking to our deaths. Jesus says, you know where I am going. And and Thomas says, we don't have a clue. Help us out. Now at the resurrection, no one believed until they saw, until they had proof. And that included Thomas who stated the fact bluntly, I won't believe until I can touch. And I see a lot of Thomas in myself. The uncertainty, the wanting of proof. Show me what I need. Lord, show me. Show me. Prove to me that you're there. Prove to me that all the things that I say on a Sunday morning are true. In my few years of ministry, I've learned a few things about faith. One thing I've learned is that faith without doubt is not faith. Faith without doubt is not faith. It's not. Faith without doubt is called fact. It's a fact. The fact is something verifiable, concrete. Yes, facts can change as new information comes along, but, but faith... Faith is believing in something despite the doubt. 
If you have faith in something, then you, you can see through the questions that you have, through the uncertainty. The, uh, I'm not sure if this is all 100% right. And I believe it's okay to doubt. I believe it's okay to question. I believe it's all right to ask. You know, if we're not allowed to question our faith every now and then, then our faith doesn't stand on anything, does it? Of the wedding couples who come into my office, I worry more for the couples who have no doubts than those who are just trying to do their best and we think this is going to work out. I ask them, what's been, what's been your biggest fight? And, and the couples that say, we've never fought, I think, oh, you're in trouble. Because it's going to happen. You need those little tiny fights to practice before the big one comes, right? Before the, uh, the talks about the in-laws or kids or moving and all that, all, you know, the, the big ones. You need to practice fights. Where are we having dinner? I don't know. Where are we having dinner? I don't care. Where are we having dinner? I don't care. Well, how about McDonald's? No. Well, where do you want to have dinner? I don't care. Well, you do, because you say, you're saying no to everything I want. Of the parents I speak with, I worry more about the parents who think they're going to be perfect parents than the ones who are like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying to do my best. It takes faith to raise a child. Faith requires doubt. If we don't think we make mistakes, then we are making a big mistake. Thomas doubted. And even though he doubted, he was still a disciple and he still believed in him. And he was still welcome at the table. Leads me to the second thing I've learned about faith. God responds to our doubts. He responds to our doubts, maybe not in the time frame that we would like. But in the midst of our lives, we do get answers from the heavens. For Thomas, in, in this particular case, he found the proof one week later. And he didn't know it was coming. Thomas, the Lord is alive. This is Monday. Thomas, the Lord is alive. I'm like, I, I don't believe you. Come Tuesday, I still don't see him. Wednesday, Lord, are you there? Lord, are you there? You ever have that? Lord, are you there? Lord, I didn't hear anything this week. Lord, I didn't hear anything last month. Lord, it's been a long year. COVID stunk. Anybody want to go back to 2019 for just a little bit? It's not the way time works. Keep plugging forward. There's those moments. There's, own, there's our moments when our own doubts can be cast aside. For Thomas, Easter came a week after everybody else. His Easter didn't happen on that Sunday morning. But a week later, on an evening, 
We are in a season of the church called Eastertide. The colors are white. They're white. The lights are white. We do this until Pentecost. Pentecost means 50 days. 50 days later, the spirit comes. We wear red. We get one day of red, and then we go back to green for a long time. But we're in Eastertide, white. Anything could happen. Springtime happens. Winter's over. Anything's possible. There's no trial too great for us. You know, your marriage might be on the rocks. Your children might not be the way you want them to be. We look at the local paper and wonder, has this town gone, gone a little bonkers? We look at the world and think, you know, where, where on earth are we going? I, I, can't, I can't turn on the news without watching another, another shooting, another shooting, another shooting. Last one in uh, Allen, Texas, right? Three miles away from where my cousin lives. We were there uh, uh, last summer. Last summer, November. We were there last November, my wife and I. Maybe your world has shattered around you. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe there was a bitter divorce. Maybe there's a health concern or or maybe a dream has faded. But Easter, Easter tide tells us there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The tomb is never sealed. should probably close this sermon, but uh, I, want to, I want to tell a story first. Can you believe that a pastor wants to tell a story? A pastor friend of mine was diagnosed with a disease that could prove fatal. He was an outdoorsy kind of kid, always wore outdoorsy kind of clothes, didn't own a nice shirt, did not own anything with a button. No buttons, just t-shirts. And when the doctors told him the, and the family the news, he became... Sullen, he became down, he became depressed. You know, this is a 16-year-old kid. I would tell you what he had, but honestly, I can't remember at this point. It's been a number of years. His family rallied around him and tried to make every day special and meaningful. And they went on little outings, you know, day outings, and they took small family vacations just to enjoy the time that they may have left. And it was one day, a day that the poor young man was feeling really down. And he asked his mom, Mom, can we go shopping? And mom says, yes, anything to get out of this house. So they went shopping and they didn't, they didn't go to, to, to Eddie Bauer. And they didn't go to some other stores that he liked to shop at. But they went to Macy's, J.C. Penney's. Teenager was not looking at his normal style of clothing, but he was, he was looking at suits, and, and he tried several on and found one that made him look really, really sharp. And he asked his mom, could I have this suit? And mom says, yes. And the salesperson asked if they wanted to look at the shoes. And the teenager said that wasn't necessary. And all of a sudden, it hit the mom what they were doing. The next time, this kid would wear this suit. No one was going to be able to see the shoes. Her son had lost hope. Her son had let the darkness of doubt win the fight. And there was nothing she could do. Two months later, two months of despair, too much of, two months of, of more or doctor's visits and, and treatments. Out of the blue, the young man went to his mom and said, Mom, can we go buy some shoes? Yes. 
Let's go buy some shoes. She, he took the day off from school, and, and, and off, off they went. And it was, the mom said it was the happiest day of her life. Can you believe that if, if shoe shopping is your happiest day of your life? There was still some danger. There was still the unknown. But in this kid's heart, hope had been restored. Faith had found its way back into his body. And not only did they buy one shoes, but they bought four. Four pair. He was letting them know he was going to fight. He was, going to, he was letting them know he was not going to surrender. That even if he lost this battle, even if he lost this battle, the disease would not win for he had a faith and a trust in a God that would be with him no matter what. Easter came to the house that day when life had been restored, when the clouds of doubt and darkness gave way to hope and light and life and faith. Believe it or not, I told the story at the first service at the 930 and at coffee hour, I got a text. I have to look up the number. They sent me a picture of the family. The kid's doing fine. So if, God, I don't know who's watching online, but thank you for showing me this. This is, this is in, in Nebraska, back in the middle of the country. Thomas found his Easter a week after Easter. Some of us are still looking for an Easter in our lives. Some of us are still living in this world as if it's Good Friday. And I tell you, it's okay to doubt. It's okay to ask questions. It's, it's okay to wonder, are we going to make it through whatever it is that we're facing? And let me tell you, God always answers. Maybe not in the time frame that we want, but the answers do come. Easter, when God's love is shown through the darkest night, He'll always answer. Of that, I have no doubt. The family of God said. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took the loaf, gave thanks, and broke it. And he said to his disciples who were gathered there, take and eat, all of you. This is my body shed for you. And after the meal, he took the cup, poured out the fruit of the vine, and he said, take and drink, all of you. This is the blood that I shed, a new covenant I give to you. For the forgiveness of sins, do this in my name. All are welcome at this table. You do not need to be a, a member of our church, a member of the United Methodist Church. You don't have to have all the answers. If Thomas could be at this table, then surely there's room for us. As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. You make this place happen. A few years back, someone asked, uh, gave me a phone call. Pastor Mike, uh, we want to donate our RMD. 
And I had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, I'm not of that age to, to understand some of those acronyms yet. Uh, I, RMD, R, Rusty Mazda Dart, like what's uh, RMD? Uh, weapons of mass destruction, no, that'd be weird. Uh, RMD. Uh, and they said required minimum distribution from the IRA. Like, oh, all right. Uh, I was still in my 30s and didn't quite know uh, how that game was played. Um, I said, we're going to cash it out and give it to y'all. And, and then uh, our finance person called him back and said, no, 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 no. Just donate it straight from there, from, from uh, your, where, where your IRA is. That way you don't have to pay taxes on it. If you, if you just send it to, to the church, you don't have to pay the capital gains. So there's your little tax tip for, for today. RMDs, we will, we will gladly accept and we'll figure out how to make that happen. I don't have any plates back here. You'll find them in the back uh, to our ushers. But let us receive the offertory. See that you met my needs every time, every every moment you were holding, even the smallest details of my life, and I can testify. Oh, you never.
Love it. As able, let us stand and sing together our closing hymn, It Is Well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll,
And as a line from the last song said, God is good and all the time. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we walk in these days of Easter tide, when any miracle can happen, may you find your blessings in the days ahead. Go in peace.